What is going on, everybody? You are listening to the J-Red Show. I'm fighting a cold right now, so I'm a little stuffy, but, um... It's been a while since I've been on. It was a hectic week for me with... In, uh, but I finally have a chance to do a podcast and talk about the Bills and sports. The Buffalo Bills fall to their arch-rivals, New England Patriots, 14-10. to Mac Jones had a pretty easy day, 2 for 3, for 19 yards. Josh Allen did a little bit more, 15 for 30, 145 yards, 1 touchdown. And the Buffalo Bills season's down in a spiral. After a 4-1 start with a blowout win over the Kansas City Chiefs, the Bills have only won 3 of their last 7 games. Both the offensive and defensive lines have been underachieving. The coaching staff makes questionable decisions. I really feel like coaching is the biggest problem. There's no middle ground with the offense. It's either incredible or it's putrid. I still think McDermott's a decent coach. But I think Dable and Frazier have fallen way short. The Bills constantly beat themselves. They really should have won the games versus Jacksonville, New England, Titans, and Pittsburgh. And if he's sitting at 11-1 right now, some self-inflicted errors do them in. Any close game, they lose. They are great when they blow out teams. (coughs) I mean, it's not just all the coaching staff. The offense and the defensive lines have been disappointing. Jermaine Edmonds might be the softest inside linebacker I've ever seen. On practically every long play against the run against this defense, Edmonds is either being dominated by a guard, over-pursuing, or misreading a play when blowing through the wrong gap. In a game where the other team does nothing but particularly run the ball, I expect a little middle linebacker to make several strong solo tackles, maybe some for a loss. He was nowhere to be found. However, I'm going to try to remain optimistic. If you take away Damian Harris's 64-yard touchdown, here are the stats. First downs, Buffalo 16, New England 10. Passing first downs, Buffalo 9, New England run. Russian first downs, New England 9, Buffalo 5. Total plays, Buffalo 57, New England 48. Total yards. Buffalo 230. New England 117. Total drives. Both had 10. Yards per play. Buffalo 4. New England 3.7. Passing yards. Buffalo 131. New England 19. Rushing. New England 158. Buffalo 99. Rushing attempts. New England 45. Buffalo 25. Yards per rush. Buffalo 4, New England 3.5. And the score, if you take away that one play, the Buffalo 10, New England 7. Josh Allen kept the Bills in the game. He sustained drives. And and if it wasn't for a botched pass interference, a missed pass interference call by the referees, At the end of the game, Buffalo might have escaped with a win. 
I feel like the Bills are in the same category as teams like the Chiefs and the Packers in that both teams have a lot of flaws, but they have elite quarterback play that can bail them out of the flaws. And I feel like this overreaction from this game has been insane for the past week. The overarching theme has been that Buffalo was bullied and out-physical in the game, despite the Bills running for the same yards and plays and taking one at one broken play, which has a lot to do with Klein being pulled for the lineup. The difference is that Buffalo has a quarterback who can throw in that crap, and New England doesn't. I would pick the Bills to win in a rematch any day of the week. A different outcome on any of the seven plays will likely have lead to a Buffalo win that game. While the Bills need to improve their run game, they don't need to change identity of being one of the best air attacks in the league. They have a great defense. And Buffalo stands at 7-5 and five right now. Remember last year, Tampa Bay was standing at 7-5 and five at this point in last season. And a lot of, and they were having a lot of problems. But then they got hot and ran all the way to the Super Bowl. That's really Buff, Buffalo's best. Buffalo's best chance to get to the Super Bowl is if they just start clicking at the right time, if Josh Allen can get hot <coughs> and rekindle the magic that we saw in that first half of the season. But I think most Bills fans have the thought that they need to improve the offensive line, the defensive line, and the coaching staff before Bills fans can play in a Super Bowl parade. And now they got Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming up. And so with so style of Tula layout, they could have a tough time trying to shut down Leonard Fournette. I'm eager to see how they look against Brady in the passive attack. The Bills, de- the Bills did have some bad games. The Bills defense did have some bad games trying to stop the run, like the Colts game or the Titans game. But their pass defense has been perfect. They have not allowed any quarterback to scorch them. And it'll be interesting to see how they look against the greatest of all time in Tom Brady, especially with Trey White out. What are your thoughts? Hit me on Twitter at JRedShow. The Buffalo Sabres fall to the um, New York Rangers by a score of 2-1. to one. The Sabres appear to have scored with li- little over a minute left in the game. I believe it was Tage Thompson who would have got the goal that would have tied it 2-2. Two to two. But Rasmus Dahlin was ruled off sides and the Sabres suffered a heartbreaking loss. I went back to watch it several times. Victor Olsson essentially had possession by touching the puck before crossing the line. And then touching it again after he crosses when Dolan would have been put himself onside. The league interprets that the exact same continuous possession. So that's why it's called offsides. It's the same issue we have with the NFL. Um, the refs don't know what to call. And... The rules are so vague and so not interpreted that referees don't know what to call. 
And that's why we get so many missed and bad calls in both sports. In all sports, quite frankly. But the Buffalo Sabres, after a hot start, are now 3-15-1 in the last eight in the last 20 games. And their season's falling apart. And again, it's what's to be expected. Nobody thought the Buffalo Sabres was going to be good. This year was about developing the prospects. And in that regards, the season is a success. Not just developing the prospects, but developing the kids. And again, in that regards, this season is a success. Tage Thompson's at 16 points. Kyle Postos at 18 points. When it comes to the forwards, they look like a decent hockey team. I mean, Kevin, I have such mixed feelings on general manager Kevin Adams. He hired the right coach in Don Granado. I like what they got in return for the Eichel trade. But there are two th- th- re- things I criticize Don Gr- Kevin Adams for. <coughs> One, for not finding a defensive partner for um, Rasmus Dahlin. Statistically, Dahlin's having a good season. Three goals and 12 assists for 15 points. But when it comes to playing defense, he's struggling. He's a minus nine. Too many, too many mistakes. Too many um, mental breaks, allows mental lapses, allowing too many breakaways. <coughs> so far, he hasn't developed into the defenseman that the Sabres was hoping he would develop into. And the other problem I have with Kevin Adams is the goaltending. Well, Uka Pekalukinen did have two pretty good games, so these are the last score the scores of the last couple games since November eighteenth. Five not they lost five these, these these next four games they lost. They lost five nothing, five to four, seven to four, five to one. They lost seven to four to Seattle. Well, they beat Montreal 4-1. to They lost in overtime to Detroit 3-2. They lost 7-4 to Seattle. 7-4 to, to Florida. 6-2 to, to, to Carolina. The goalies were just allowing too many goals against. Um, then they got shut out by Anaheim. And then the Rangers beat them 2-1. to So, while they finally get some good goaltending... The forwards haven't been able to score. <coughs> but the goaltending was unacceptable. I mean, we'll see what happens when Adams, when Anderson comes back. But those are my two disappointments. Dolan and the goaltending are my two disappointments in a season with low expectations. So it's been a rough time for Buffalo sports. The Bills, after a 4-1 start, have gone 3-4 in the last seven games. And the Sabres, after a 5-1-1 start, have gone 3-14-2 since. But the Amherst are looking good right now. After coming off their COVID break, 
They have extended their win streak to five games. They defeat the Laval Rocket five to three. Um, Chua, no Sean Malone gets his eighth goal of the season. Michael Mersh is twelfth. Jack Quinn is third in the NHL, the AHL with twenty four points. Twenty four points. And he has third in the AHL with eleven goals. Michael Mersh is tied for first in the league with twelve goals with Sheldon Dries of Abbotsford. So yeah, the Amherst, the uh, sports wise, the Amherst are the one good thing going for me in the last month. Um, well, the Chicago Bulls as well. But what are your thoughts? Hit me on Twitter at JRed Show. On to college football. The final four is set. We are going to see um, Alabama take on um, Cincinnati and Georgia take on Clemson. They made the I think they made the right call with their final four. I'm glad Cincinnati got in since they were undefeated. But basically, this th th this year in football. In both the NFL and in college football is what I call the return of the evil empires. Not only did we see the new the return of the New England Patriots, the NFL, how Bill Belichick <coughs> after only one year of rebuilding has turned the Patriots back into a top contender in the AFC but Alabama too for years it was Alabama and Clemson Alabama and Clemson well Clemson all finally fell off the map well I said earlier this year that this has got to be the worst um, Alabama team of the next Saban era they barely beat Florida 31-29 they lost to Texas A&M 41 to 38. They barely beat LSU 20 to 14. And then the final game of the regular season um barely needed a last minute touchdown to beat Auburn. <laughs> I thought Alabama Crimson Ties dynasty was dead. I said this is probably the worst Alabama team of the Nick Saban era. But I was proven wrong. In the SEC championship game, they crushed Georgia 41-24. I think Alabama would have made it even if they lost the SEC championship. Which I think would have been kind of ridiculous because... It renders the SEC championship game completely meaningless. But that was just an amazing win by Alabama. And despite um, everything that's gone wrong this season, Nick Saban um, <coughs> and Alabama continues to dominate college football. And it's once again the Final Four. This year, Alabama lost two of their um, first-round receivers. Um, they lost a first-round quarterback. The vast majority of award-winning offensive linemen's gone. 
They lost a veteran linebacker, a stud up front, and the best corner in Alabama football. Um, Bryce Young threw twenty-five, well, less than twenty-five passes last year. Plenty of freshmen and sophomores receiving the corpse and the secondary influx of young talent. Um, injuries decimated Alabama football. They lost Chris, veteran Chris Allen, the start of the year, and injuries consolidated out the outside linebacker. They lost on the offensive line due to injuries. Alabama is down two running backs. And stars receiver John Mitch is out for the season. And yet they still won the SEC championship and have a real good shot at winning the national championship. That just tells how great of a coach Nick Saban is and how great of a coach, and we are seeing in the NFL, how great of a coach, um... Bill Belichick is. You might hate it, but you gotta respect it. However, Jim Harbaugh wanted to win the Coach of the Year as the Michigan Wolverines um, beat Ohio State for the first time since 2011 and then went on to crush Iowa 42-3 to win their first Big Ten championship since 2004. It was also the first outright title since 2003. Georgia, despite the loss, in my opinion, they're still on paper the best team in college football, and I expect them. And I'm going to predict them to win the national championship. I think they'll beat Alabama in a rematch of the SEC championship, and then this time Alabama will win. So, what are your thoughts on college football? Hit me on Twitter at jredshow. Finally, um, around sports, um, LeBron James and the Lakers. LeBron James continues to cap off an amazing career as he scores 33 points as the Lakers beat the Thunder 116-95. to LeBron is doing this despite the fact that the Los Angeles Lakers are terrible at only 14-13. and Okay, fourteen thirteen is average, um, but um, for the Lakers standards, that is un- disappointing. A lot of the big moves the Lakers have made during the off season, like Russell, like Carmelo Anthony, and Russell Westbrook, has not panned out. The Lakers might want to move on from either Westbrook or um, Davis. In hockey, um, Alexander Ovechkin continues to um, get closer to um, the NHL goal scoring record. It achieves another milestone. Alex Ovechkin has scored his 750th um, career goal. He is now 141 goals away from breaking Wayne Gretzky's record. <laughs> and as, as I think about the best players in each sport, uh, I think Alex, what, uh, what Alexander Ovechkin is doing in hockey is more amazing than what we see from Tom Brady in football, from what we see from... Um, 
LeBron James in basketball and what we're seeing from Cristiano Ronaldo in soccer. Um, and the reason why it's more amazing is because it is harder to score in today's NHL with the bigger pads and the the, the sharp defense. The NHL made it harder to score. I'm not taking anything away from Tom Brady, but it's easier to score touchdowns in today's NFL. I'm not taking anything away from LeBron James, but it's easier to score buckets in today's NBA. Cristiano Ronaldo just reached the 800 gold milestone. Um, but the thing with soccer is Ronaldo's gone through many different leagues. There's many different rules. There's many different ways they each call the rules. So, I so what what I well, so it's very difficult to compare his achievements to LeBron James, um, Tom Brady, and Ovechkin. But in hockey, in an era where defense, where does where it's harder to play offense and easier to play defense, we see Alexander Ovechkin <coughs> getting closer and close. Is very likely, as long as he can stay healthy and keep up this pace, break Wayne Gretzky's record. When we have the discussions about who is the greatest of all time, LeBron James is very likely going to surpass and break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's records. But Michael Jordan fans will keep will point to the fact that it's easier to score in today's NBA and say Michael Jordan is still the, is the greatest of all time. In football, I think it's unanimous that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. No one's ever come close to his legacy. I guess you could argue that um, Aaron Rodgers might be the better quarterback, but the Packers didn't give him what he needs. But I think unanimously, Tom Brady's considered the greatest of all time. In soccer, um, Cristiano Ronaldo is competing with Lionel Messi for the title of greatest of all time. Ronaldo has more stats than Messi, but there are some compelling arguments for why Messi's better. Baseball, right now, the current MLB home run leader is Albert Pujols. But Shone Atane has really put his name into the, um, the discussion of greatest of all time. I mean, yes, it's still early, and when it's all said and done... You have to compare him to the greats like Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron. But when I think of Otani, how he expanded sports popularity globally and became a worldwide icon, there is a compelling argument for why Otani could be the greatest of all time. In hockey, I think you could make a very compelling argument that... um, Alex Ovechkin has surpassed Wayne Gretzky as the greatest of all time 
because he is about to break his goal scoring record or could very likely going to break his goal scoring record I should say in an era where it's harder to score if Ovechkin was playing in the 80s with the smaller pads and the bigger nets he would have well over a thousand goals Although another player you could um, argue is the greatest of all time is Connor McDavid. I mean, McDavid's achieving what McDavid has achieved is up there with all the all-time hockey greats. Although we saw this with Sidney Crosby 10 years ago, but Crosby completely fell off the map. But Ovech, uh, McDavid, I think when his career is done, I predict he'll be the second player ever to have 2,000 points. Not sure if he'll catch Gretzky. But if McDavid was playing in the 80s. He would be holding all those records. That um, um, Gretzky holds. So while you're talking sports. Hit me on Twitter at Jared Show. And I will see you later.